Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 512. From September 15th, 1997, a Monday night show. No guest tonight. Another one of these Love Between the Two Hosts episodes that people seem to love so much. And this one's in full with exceptional audio quality from an official studio tape. We're mostly back to studio tapes at this point. Uh, hopefully it will be for the rest of the show, but uh, if there's any more missing, we should have fan tapes to patch in just about everything. It's weird. Going forward, we should have, if not 100% complete, 99 point something 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 complete of uh, the entire archive. Hmm. Adam opens the show with a spirit intro and explains that their guest, Sugar Ray, had to cancel, citing Mark's strep throat and their upcoming tour schedule. And Adam makes a note uh, that this is a symptom of a band getting popular and has a sweet but kind of sad love line will still be here, uh, big fat mom analogy for the show and how they feel about bands as they rise and fall in popularity. And Dr. Drew is in pain due to his tinnitus, and Adam has a funny idea on how to remedy it. Adam brings up a love and hate list from Spin Magazine, where they make note of loving Dr. Drew on Loveline, despite his opinions of them and their reporting on HIV and AIDS, which doesn't seem to come up in the article, nor by Adam or Drew here. And Adam threatens to take a competitive IQ tests against the people who view him as a moron, which is very interesting considering the IQ tests they would eventually discuss on air in about six years. And Adam teases a new fan-made Adam Shuffle for later in the show. All in all, a truly classic episode. Good times. And a uh, side note, uh, recently, longtime K-Rock engineer Scott Mason passed away. He's a legend, often referred to as the Man About K-Rock by Adam Carolla, one of the original hosts of Classic Loveline in 1983 with Swedish Eagle, and eventually Dr. Drew. He's in some way, if not directly, responsible for the evolution of K-Rock as a radio station and their entire format. He single-handedly changed the way radio works. And by all accounts, he was a great person who gave many people their start in radio. Goodbye, Scott Space and Mason. Thank you for everything you brought to the world of Loveline and everything else you've done. Rest in peace, Scott. As per usual, this is recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on current day Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahal and get on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. <sighs> Two. Welcome with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. I'm gonna ride you till you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Loveline's meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Hey, that's right. It's Loveline. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is the good doctor. Dr. Drew is a board-certified physician. An addiction medicine specialist. Tonight, our guest was going to be Sugar Ray, but Mark from Sugar Ray has strep throat. And uh, they're leaving on tour to Germany, and um, and we are a huge priority. Well, <laughs> now remember how excited Sugar Ray was to come on the show about two months ago. Yes, yes. Oh, they've been listening for years, big fans, and it was a thrill for them to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not saying uh, they're making anything up, but uh, no, the song's doing well, the album's doing well, and uh, we've got to prioritize. They went the way of Bush and uh, many other bands. <laughs> 
That's all right. Love line will be here. Mm-hmm. We're like a um, we're like a big fat mama just waiting for their kids to come home. <laughs> all right, I'd like to be the uh, ass, uh, right boob, and left arm of the big fat mama. I'll be everything else. There you go, Drew. All right, uh, Drew has the ear doing hideous. Drew has a little bout of tinnitus in his ear. Yes, yes. So the, all this flying we've been doing, I finally got air trapped in here. Now it feels like my ear is going to explode. How do you get that out? Time. If you let me dry hump your right ear, I think I can force it out your left. No. You sure? Yeah. I mean, it's a little embarrassing and it's a little painful, uh, but uh, no. how can you deal with that ringing? Just, uh, no. No? No. All right. What no. is this? Oh, this is... Um, I think uh, Lisa gave it to me. Is this Spin Magazine? Is that what this is, Lisa? Oh, now you're not even just the uh, sidekick. Yeah. Now you're the, the other guy. Once in a while, these uh, rags, like Spin Magazine, do their little uh, what we hate and what we love and what's in and what's out and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And it's the kind of thing that you hate. I mean, it's great when you're in, but it sucks when you're out. Mm. And they do that end of the year stuff. But anyway, Spin Magazine has a uh, love and hate. Uh, uh, this is called, uh, subtitled, An Earnest Yet Ironic Conundrum of Stuff We Thought You Ought to Know About. And anyway, at the bottom of Things They Love is the doctor on MTV's Love Line, a voice of reason among, <clears throat> pardon me, amid the idiocy. Here, here. At the bottom of Things They Hate is guess who? The other guy on MTV's Love Line, the idiocy. So I guess I would be the idiocy. You're just doing your job well. Because you're supposed to create that. You know what I'd like to do, Drew? I'd like to take a little IQ test against uh, those those doubters yeah, out there, yeah, those yeah. who have labeled me an idiot right. and a moron. Well, now, wait a minute. Bring though. them on. But, but uh, if, I mean, that, if that's what they believe, then you're doing a good job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> really? But you know what I mean? If yeah. You create that kind of... Uh, uh, veneer it's not the reality i will defend you believe me i'll defend you on yeah that but you shouldn't think i'm an idiot anyway just because i talk about penis uh, testicles and masturbation all the time kiss my ass adam and uh, jennifer gray or wait a minute fiona apple asked me to kiss her ass please oh oh they they don't understand they it's, they don't understand That's it's true. like um all right now i'm done talking about myself <laughs> all right uh, we're going to go on with the show tonight we have a uh, adam shuffle that uh, another listener sent in we're not going to play it yet i'm just saying that's coming up at some point in the evening uh like i said sugar ray's not here insane clown posse will be here tomorrow night and then fiona apple will be here on tuesday thursday i'm sorry (laughs) i saw the t and got confused here we go david you're 18 Hey, Adam. Hey. Drew. What's up? What's up? I've been listening since, like, the poor man's sorry days, man. I've been around for a long time. Wow. Man. You must have been nine. Yeah. Um, I don't know if my, uh, I don't know what the situation is with my girl. And I was wondering if I could do some hypnosis on her. Does that really work, or what's the situation with hypnosis? You mean she wants to be hypnotized? Uh, um, She's willing. Because she doesn't really believe that it works, and I've heard you say that. What is it you need to get from her? Hold on. Let me explain three major fantasies of all men before 18. They usually give it up by 15, 16. These were my three, and I believe uh, they're David's as well, although he's carrying them on into the ripe old age of 18. The first fantasy, how could I become invisible 
<laughs> so that I could penetrate the girls' locker room without detection. Yeah. That was number one. Number two was maybe I could get hold of some of that Spanish fly stuff right, right. so I could drive women crazy right. sexually. Right. And then the number three fantasy, and a slightly more realistic one, is if I could somehow hypnotize her, yeah. she would be under my, my spell. Right. I could get her to remove her clothes and, and, and grab herself. Oh, this would be great. Yeah. And then maybe clean up when she was done. <laughs> Yeah, hypnosis is... This is uh, all yeah. part of the retarded male fantasy. That's right. Hypnosis is David, not something... Yeah. have you ever had the fantasy of being invisible so that you could look at women naked better, in a locker room? Adam, you better believe it, man. You better believe it. I live in the UC Riverside dorms. <laughs> oh. I mean, I mean, I love Asian women, and there are Asian women everywhere. Adam, oh. And I've heard you mention Minka, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Oh, man, you'd love it at Riverside, dude. It's incredible. <laughs> man, really? Yeah, incredible. Yeah. But, uh, David, no, wait a minute. <laughs> Have, have you ever? I'm just I'm just exploring here. Where what you're at? What okay. you're up to here? Have you ever had an experience with hypnosis? Uh, I haven't personally, but my brother is an MD, as a matter of fact, and he's verified to me that it does indeed uh, work. You know, it works to quit smoking, though, not to get naked. Well, I maybe I really don't know. That's why I'm calling. You know. Well, what are you trying to get your girlfriend to do? Uh, well, the thing is, I'm trying to figure out whether or not she's uh, cheating on me. Oh. Trying to figure out, you know, yeah. right. sort of sensor, like you know, scoping out other I mean, guys. Yeah, you need sodium pentothal and a uh, syringe, not well, not hypnosis. But look, if you're having that kind of problem in a relationship, you have right. to deal with the reality of the relationship, not with the the sort of altered sensorium of Sunday somebody under hypnosis. I mean, that's such bizarre uh, thinking. Sorry, David, but you got to really. Deal with what is there. You've got a girlfriend. If she tells you, uh, you know, she David does not should cheating, do. He you should... have to decide whether or not she is trustworthy and honest or not. And if not, don't trust. And if she's honest, you have to go with what she tells you. He should invent some sort of time machine. Yeah, so he exactly. can send himself back to the date that he thinks she may have cheated right. on right. him and spy on her. No, 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 no. I know. No, I, no. If, if he's invis invisible, which is something he's working on, right? He can also follow her around and see if she's cheating. Oh, this is huge. And, Roxanne. Yes. You're 25. Yes. All right. How are you? Good. Good. Um, here's my problem. It's not really a problem, but more of a question. Um, I found that I have a healthy masturbation life, um, but I can only think about women. And I've never really thought of myself as being bisexual. Um, and I think women are attractive, but I don't act on it. Um, and I still find men attractive. What's your history been with men? Um, Drew was reaching want, for his wallet, but right. Roxanne, quiet down while I'm talking now. Drew was reaching for his wallet. I'll have you know. <laughs> and, and what was it? What was your history? Um, not great. Yeah. Mm. Drew, why were you reaching for your wallet so quickly? Uh, the voice. Drew is like a uh, old west gunfighter <laughs> with a with an itchy wallet finger. He hears a. It, it, it's really akin to some uh, badass in the you know the mid eighteen hundreds walking into a saloon and uh, getting a whiff of an opponent that he smelled before, or hearing uh, hearing uh, just some tones off in the back, and and just keeping his hand around the holster. <laughs> Drew was reaching for his wallet uh, like um, like he was Doc Holliday going for a six gun, and this was just a couple syllables into the call. Oh no. I don't know what's... I, I don't get a real vibe off of her voice, other than it's a little bit different. It's deep. All right, what happened to you, Roxanne? 
Um, well, let's see. Starting pretty young, I've had two stepfathers. The first one beat my mother up. I broke up the fight. And Did your dad um, die when you were young? What? Yes. Why did I pick that up? All right. Get my it. original father. Hold on. i got to give Drew a dollar. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Drew. I, I hope you have a 20 on you. Actually, I do. Great. Uh-oh. Uh it's you nothing but. It. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, right. geez, i got a ton of cash, Drew. I returned some plywood today. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. And they paid me back in cash. Wow. Jesus, that plywood's expensive. What is it? A two by four and a quarter? Or what? Or three and three eighths, or what is it? Four by three and a quarter. <laughs> Four quarters, uh, right, three we'll, quarters. We'll leave it out here for the next bet. Okay. All right. All right. So what's going on? Uh, and so, so you've been after losing your father at an early age. Then you went. Your mother went through a series of abusive relationships, and you were exposed right. to all that. Did you then act that out a little bit when you were uh, younger? Yeah. Well, we we got rid of him, um, and then in my dating life, um, I started out. Uh, being raped at 15, mm. and then again at 17, um, and after the first time, I just kind of like, I blocked it out pretty well, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pretty well, and just kind of tried to ignore it. Um, Who raped you? Were these boyfriends? No, it was actually, uh, the first time was a friend's boyfriend mm. who was supposed to take me home, said he had to pick something up, and so I sat patiently on his couch and he came back into the room and uh, decided to be a little more aggressive. There's a decent amount of friends, boyfriends raping people, mm -hmm. which I find bizarre. Mm -hmm. It's sick. He, he did it to another friend of mine, actually. Mm. A couple months later, a friend of mine came to me and she... Well, I mean, surprise, surprise, the guys that are abusive... Uh no. Criminals are abusive criminals. God yeah. knows what your friend was getting from this guy. Yeah, yeah right. why she needed to have him, right, exactly. Oh, boy. I like yeah. to look into her. Yeah. All right, so uh, y your feelings about men are obviously conflicted. Right. Right? I, I started to get over them, actually. Um, get over men. My 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 uh, bad feelings about being yeah, raped all right. and okay. coming to terms with that. All right. I, actually, I believe you. I, and But yeah. but still, you're going to have some conflicted, which is unusual for one of our callers. I believe yeah, you. Amazing. Normally doesn't believe callers when they <laughs> uh, talk but, about healing. But but, right. uh, you, but you still obviously have some conflicted feelings. And it seems like your, your sexuality is still intact, amazingly, through all this. And it's probably safer and uh, uh, to think about women. And women, certainly in our society, symbolize sexuality. And so it's it's natural enough that you'd have those sorts of feelings. doesn't mean that you are homosexual necessarily, although maybe, maybe that is something that, that's beginning to surface. Uh, let me tell you what your sexuality is like early. It gets imprinted, to, uh, imprinted on, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. It's like a, a, a fondue pot that hasn't been washed. It just uh, it just heats up. It uh, starts crusting over. You leave it out, and that's it. Yeah, it it's never quite right. Yeah. I mean, you can you can scrub it with a Brillo pad. You can take your fingernail to it. Always going to be just a little bit of cheese on there, mm -hmm. and that's if you're lucky. Normally, uh, people just keep filling it back up and using it again, and uh, wonder why everything's gone wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's just uh, it's like people get hold of people at. 14, 12, whatever that age is, two. 9, yeah. 2, and they just scratch their, they put their mark in them, and it's indelible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all the therapy in the world can just sort of get you back running again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is just, um, that's why we need a whole, can we do a generation of nobody having kids? 
Can we put like a moratorium on kids where people just don't have kids for 20 years? Yeah, that's a good idea. Right now, it's you got three. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? No, I know what you're saying. I, I uh, you know, I don't know how to do it equitably because the people that are well, having I'll, kids I'll, shouldn't be having them. I'll create some sort of test. Right. Tara. Hi. Now hey, you're 18. What do we call it? The child. Hi, how are you? Good, Tara. Wait, wait, what are you going to call it? The um, child propriety. Wait, wait, the parent propriety test? Yeah, the uh, PPT. All right. All right, go ahead, Tara. Okay, actually, I have two questions. One is, okay, I've been on the pill for like over a year, mm-hmm. and I saw my boyfriend this weekend, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get the pill before I saw him. Like, I prescri- I ordered it, but I couldn't go pick it up, you know? Right. And we had sex this weekend, and we used a condom and stuff, but I'm still really worried. <laughs> How late were you in starting? Well, it was like a day or two. Which pill are you on? The birth control pill. Which one? Orthocept. Okay. Uh, There's some concrete thinking. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably going to be okay. I mean, and even even if you hadn't worn a condom, I'd I'd say you probably are all right. I mean, we always use a condom. It's like yeah. one of those things. Yes, yeah, so you're you and the, and the condom worked properly and that sort of thing. Yeah, you'll be fine. Relax, Dara. It's going to be fine. Okay. Uh, and my second uh, question. Yes. Is hold on. I just want a quick love line reenactment here, Tara. Okay. Hold on one second. I'm on the pill, but oh. I took the pill a little bit late. I'm which, worried that I'm going to get pregnant. Uh, which pill are you on? Birth control. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tara, we're done. Okay. What's going on? Um, is it normal to like have dreams about stuff that happened to me as a kid? Of course. Like I've been having dreams about like I was raped when I was five, mm. and. Every time I make fun of somebody, they're raped. I always feel bad about that. Who raped you when you were five? A neighbor. No. I don't even remember him. That's why I'm putting the moat in. Drew, you really got to start installing a moat. Do you remember what we were talking about? We were signing those autographs? We had those those triplets that showed up? Oh, (laughs) we had uh, the Bobsy triplets showed up. These were, what were they, 16? Yeah. We we were in uh, San Jose uh, for the KOME concert two days ago, and we we're signing some autographs. And these three great-looking blonde, tanned, identical triplets showed up, and Drew was just lamenting. Oh, I mean, Drew was thinking, "My God, if I had these three girls, I would just dig a pit and I would put them in it, and I would uh, put a, a uh, century on a folding chair in front of it. I'd just throw down food." And uh, in like no. textbooks, so they could have an education. No, I think I think you'd have to get like a cannon. You you say you'd, you'd fire tracers over everybody's head. <laughs> yeah, we were saying that we were kidding that Drew would have to put a, a machine gun turret on the roof of his yeah, house. I mean, absolutely. these were three great-looking blonde but it, it, but women, a, all sixteen, all at the same time. Oh, but it's the way you feel about your kids, no matter what. I mean, I, I you know I I feel this way about my daughter, such as it is. I'm already installing the uh, machinery to uh, protect the household. But the fact is uh, that that's you know you hear about somebody transgressing against a five year old and it just it just blows your mind. Well, I mean, it's not just that. It's like I've been having like things have happened to me since then. Of course. And but, I've been having dreams about that too. Yeah, of course, Tara. But, but once you've been victimized, it's sort of like uh, it's back to the fondue pot theory. Uh, for whatever it is, the the cheese hardens in such a way that people recognize you as a potential victim. Well, I mean, I've been. I smell that cheese. What's I was that? Gang raped by my other boyfriend. Uh. The. Well, how does your boyfriend gang rape you? Well, it wasn't, no, not just him. It was a bunch of people, and 
they just kind of took me over. <laughs> and I couldn't really do anything about it. Was this a party or something? No, it was just I was out with them, and they just kind of took me into the woods. And, and this was your boyfriend? At the time, yeah. Incredible. Well, he was also beating me. Oh, my God. Did this all stem from this neighbor who raped you, or did you grow up in the kind of place where they let pedophile neighbors hang out with their kids? I I don't know. I guess it's a stem from that. I we always lived in a good neighborhood. It wasn't like. But were your parents? I mean, were you were you apt to sort of stray away from your parents for some reason? Um, my my mom didn't find out until later. Yeah. And my dad didn't really live with us. Huh. So I didn't really have anybody to go to. Right. So something was going on. <laughs> right. At home already. I mean, it gets to the point where I can't even sleep at night. Uh, of course. Yeah, but you know what? You sound pretty good for someone who's had all this happen to them. Well, I have a boyfriend now who's been helping me a lot. Yeah. Ugh. All right, well, so... Uh, good. Uh, you know, maybe there's some recovery ahead in this relationship. I mean, it's really only by staying connected with somebody else that you're going to be able to have some degree of healing from this. I mean, this is just a, a, a terrible history. You do say you don't get that horrible feeling, you know, that no. chaos feeling. No. But, but again, she's probably capable of it, given that history, right? I swear to God, I think I am now under the impression that if I talk to any woman for more than five minutes, uh, I will get her to admit that she's been raped. Uh, uh. I think it's just a show that's ruining me. You, you start off with a birth control question, uh, and yeah, my neighbor raped me, and then I was gang raped by my boyfriend, so his buddies. Oh, oh. Yeah, uh, Tara, stay in that relationship. Uh, you're going to want to sabotage it if indeed he is a guy who is who is genuinely good for you and to you. Uh, don't stay in with those uncomfortable feelings. It's probably going to be very uh, kind of a chaotic ride and even possibly depressing as you deal with these feelings, but to stay with it. And if you can't, and if the dreams are overwhelming and your feelings are overwhelming, that's the time to get help. All right. Uh, let's take this call. Anise. Hi. Hello, Adam. Hi, you're 19. What's going on? Well, I don't hate you, and I haven't been raped. <laughs> Hi, Drew. Don't worry. Give me another three and a half minutes. I'll get that rape out of you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> my question is, well, I, I guess I should tell you a little bit about my background. Um, I come from a good social standing. My parents are still together, and I know this is unusual. I love them both very much. Um, my point is that I haven't experienced any life-altering events. So I'm wondering how I fell into, for lack of a better term, the groupie scene. What are you doing? Um, well, at 17, um, I kind of set my sights on a band and ended up dating one of the guys from my senior year until recently. And I'm a junior in college right now. Mm -hmm. And the whole time, I was totally out of place, unless I was with him or with one of the others in the band. I look around and see some of the girls that are so sad, and I wondered, you know, what am I doing here? You 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 saw yourself in them or what? No, I would see them and think, you know, I don't belong here. So you know, what inside me has pushed me right to something so contrary from where I've come from? Right. Well, the, just the mere fact that you're exploring it this way means there's nothing wrong with you. Right. <laughs> hey, you guys in a band, you're turned on by that. No woman can turn that down, especially a young woman. Was your dad pretty uh, stern, strict? Yeah, actually, he was. I'm the oldest of um, mm. four children. I have three yeah. little brothers. This is the we should we got to call this the Victoria Silvstead theory, <laughs> right? <laughs> Syndrome. All right, playmate of the year, 1997. Oh no. Well, it's it's true. It's like the dad comes up to the room and says, um, 
how long have you been studying? Uh, how long have you been studying the Bible, Anise? And you say uh, three hours. And he has a tantrum. Three hours. <laughs> oh, well, it's three almost hours. dark outside. Uh, you should have been studying for at least six or eight hours, and then uh, you fast forward five years, and she's doing blow off the belly of the bass player <laughs> in uh, the back of the whiskey. I'm taking a study break right now, actually. No, no, no. Don't don't get us wrong. I mean, it's just this is a, a backlash against probably against your parents not allowing you to individuate, allowing you to be a separate person and to value you as a separate person, and you couldn't act that out. I mean, you. You look for something opposite uh, of what was keeping you down, so to speak. I rebelled against my family by getting a job. Really? It's, it's, <laughs> for Adam, that was, oof. It's really they're true. Still, they haven't gotten over it yet. Yeah, my family's really pissed off. Like, hey, come on. Just, uh, why don't you just hammer a welfare check, let the lawn grow, and uh, not healthy, Adam. sit back and relax with us. You're going to kill yourself with that work ethic. That's right. Yes, I'm a human. My family, it's still, they barely talk to me now. Just because I've uh, actually gone out and made something of myself. So uh, you do tend to rebel. No, it, it is completely true. For instance, my dad does not own a tool. In, yeah. he, he, when I was a kid and I was trying to fix my bike, I had to use a freaking butter knife right. as a screwdriver right. and a pair of pliers and round off every nut on my bike because we didn't have a wrench, right. we didn't have a tool, we didn't have anything. Now you've got... Uh... If, if you gave my dad a, a skill saw, he would hold it by the blade and try cutting with the handle. Yeah. And that's how retarded the guy is when it comes to this sort of stuff. Now, uh, I can't get enough tools, can't build enough stuff, uh, can't have a garage chock full of enough uh, Similarly, crap. Similarly, you were raised on alfalfa sprouts and uh, tree bark. Right. No sweets. No sweets. Right. Until? Until uh, I went next door to babysit when I was 13 and raided the pantry. And I raided the pantry, um, oh, like uh, Sherman going through Atlanta. I mean, uh, I left no prisoners. I didn't even open the door. I kicked the door down. Do you like Popeye with the spinach can? Just pop the can open it? Yeah, but it wasn't spinach. It was pie filling. Yes. And I just went completely insane. I, I went so insane with the food over there that um, the people would tell me before they left. They would tell me the things they didn't want me to get into. Oh. It was really humiliating. Like, like They'd say, there's a whole turkey. or There's a whole ham in the refrigerator, Adam. We're having people over tomorrow night. Please. God, please don't eat the ham. But you weren't interested in the ham. You were interested in the count chocolate. No, the ham was pretty pretty oh, really? tantalizing okay. too. Well, well, that's flesh. I see. Right. You weren't allowed any meat, were that's you? It's flesh uh, ah. chock full of nitrates. <laughs> Come on. You kidding? I was into the ham. And that made a nice base for the for the uh, pie filling, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, when we come back, more Dr. Drew, more you, more me, and uh, Engineer Mike has a little surprise for us. Here's Loveline before deworming. Here's Loveline after getting fixed. Here's Loveline chewing out its stitches. Here's Loveline dragging its butt across the carpet. Bad Loveline. Bad Loveline. Loveline has been bad, and we'll be right back. Blinds galore, baby. Cool your home, man. You want to talk about? It. I know it's getting hot. It's hot where we are. It's hot where you are. I'm sure. It's hot right here. It's hot right here. Oh, no. yeah, turn the air down a little. Anyway, it, the the sun just blasting through. I mean, think about how hot your car gets, 
Think how much cooler your car would be if you parked it out in the sun if it had blinds all the way around. Well, that's the same thing with your house. And then also everything gets bleached out. The fabric gets bleached out. The You get bleached out. The carpet gets bleached out. Blindsgalore.com. Quality, custom-built blinds and shades made just for you. We use them here. Use them there. And it's the kind of thing you get once and you use it for the next 25 years. So let's get going. Free samples, free shipping, free design advice. And uh, real easy. And you save money over the big box stores. Blinds Galore. They really do have Blinds Galore. Go to BlindsGalore.com. Let them know I sent you. Let them know that uh, they are proud sponsors and that you heard it here. BlindsGalore.com. All right. Hello. <laughs> All right. Love line. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Hey, Drew, remember when I said um, some months back that I just never got any kind of smell going at all? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You stink. Yeah. I do. What? Well, I right. notice myself smelling more. You're a human. Yeah, but I like a change, like in the last six months. Just trying to think what that could be from. And my problem is, is I have the hygiene habits of a guy who's used to not smelling. I understand. So I mean, I'll go three, four days without a shower. I understand. And I'll just put deodorant over deodorant. Yes. You know, I'll just uh, be three, four layers thick. It's time to join the American culture. You got a house now. Yeah. Got a bathroom. Uh, I'm not into the showering. Yeah. I just really am, but. I'm just noticing myself, and I'm really starting to yeah. smell now. Maybe you could set up a like a video booth in your shower, <laughs> and then you'd be fine. I don't masturbate in the shower, because I'm scared I'm going to slip, hit my head <laughs> on the side of the tub, and that's where they'll find me. How humiliating. All right. As, uh, as, it, as it is, I have a deal with my roommate where he goes through my room and collects all the bizarre pornography. That Arthur. guy is cool! And uh, hides it somewhere, you know, should the unthinkable happen. Ah, I see. All right. All right. Yeah. Mike, I'd like you to be back up on that, by the way. Something happens to me, something tragic. Need you to come through the house and clean up everything that... Uh, before the police get there. Before the... Yeah. Before the cops get there. Stuff the family doesn't need to... And vice versa for me. I'll, I'll give you my secret hiding place later. Oh, you will? Sure. All right. Joe, I, Joe. I may get drunk and just go on a raid, though, uh, <laughs> four in the morning uh, Sunday night. All right. So uh, did I give the phone number and the fax number? I don't think so. No, I think I did. Right. That's enough. All right. You want to take a call, or do we want to do this um, Adam Boogie Let's thing? Do the Adam Boogie deal. Okay. Here's the deal. There's a man by the name of Freddie B. Now, uh, Freddie is on Sly. Now, he's an engineer for Sly 96? I think he's on air, too. Oh, he's on air. Okay. And uh, he's the rock dude, actually. I shouldn't uh, doodle on everything, Drew. <laughs> can't read it. I can't now. read it when I'm done. But uh, anyway, they're our affiliate up at San Luis Obispo. Don't call him San Louis. Yeah. And he put together a little uh, Adam shuffle of his own. And we've heard the Drew one a couple of times, and I think we'll hear it a little bit later in the night. Uh, occasionally, people put together the Adam one and send them in. Drew, um, Engineer Mike is reluctant to play them because uh, they don't pass muster because he didn't do them. <laughs> but uh, you give it a listen. Again, this is not the handiwork of Engineer Mike. Have you heard so, this uh, Love it or hate it. I heard a little bit of it All in right. the uh, room yesterday. Right. Here it is, the Adam Shuffle. 
All right. If I'm talking, consider it a joke. Wow. The point is this. We make the same amount. Rakakulus, Drew's an a-hole. Check my penis calendar. It's a weird energy night. Was the penis mummified? I shrank my foreskin. My penis. My foreskin. My penis. Wow. My penis. A joke? Rakakulus? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. All right. All right. I knew it. All right. Here's the way the show works. Get out some money, please. Get out my penis. Get out my foreskin. Wouldn't you call that Rakakulus? Get out the behind Wow. The point is this. My penis. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. All right. Uh, ten. Attention shoppers, uh, I'm gay and uh, we're gonna need a cleanup on aisle six. There's sperm everywhere. Sweat from my groin. You see what pigs men are? Was the penis mummified? I shrank my foreskin. I shrank my penis. Get out, get out the behind it. Oh, for Christ's sake, Drew. I just lost my erection. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. All right, all right. I knew it. He's a big a-hole. I'm gay, I'm gay. There's sperm everywhere. My penis. It's sad. My penis in almost everyone. My penis everywhere. As a matter of fact, I am gay. It feels good. Gay, gay. When it gets hot, I enjoy that. When it gets hot, I am gay. Real hot and dry, I am gay. It feels good. There's sperm everywhere. You see what pigs men are? Pigs, pigs. I enjoy that. Gay, 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 gay. There's sperm everywhere. Everywhere, 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 everywhere. Oh my. Well, it's one of those things where you wouldn't call it brilliant, but you have to laugh anyway. Yeah. I didn't know you did so much. It has a gay bashing quality to it. I didn't. I don't get that feel from you usually, but I wonder if we're doing that. Oh, true. Please, you you take a hundred shows and you pull out the yeah. best gay bashing moments of them. Yeah. Please. And now I'm scared of what I'm going to say. Yeah, please, easy, Drew. Yeah. All right. So um, I give it a. Uh, That's the best one so far. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Sad in. And I thought it was fine. See, it, it still doesn't have the musical quality and the well, beat Mike, that Adam. Mike's added. not nuts about it because the words don't really sync up with the beats of the music. And, and the and the, he actually hits the the tones too. Engineer Mike. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He gets us the, um, the whole musical quality woven into the song, right? Well, that's what eight and a half months in radio will do for you. You get that ear eventually. Right. All right. Uh, let's just move ahead. But uh, Freddie B. from uh, Sly, we do appreciate it. Brian. Yeah. You're 15. Yeah, how you guys doing? Good. That's good. And what would it say on your tombstone, by the way, if you died in the shower? Uh, I, I wouldn't have a tombstone. They would just fill the tub with concrete, uh, and there I would be. Okay. Well, I was just calling to tell you guys how good of a job you guys are doing, because you mentioned that Spin Magazine thing earlier, and how it said that, like, most hated for you. Well, I was just called an idiot. Oh, well, called an idiot anyways. I mean, if they listened to the radio show, they'd probably figure out that you weren't such an idiot. Well, we appreciate that, Brian. Yeah, that is true. Our, our producers do try to make Adam pl- play more to the idiot role, you know? Yeah. In TV? Yeah. Well, TV's very much about defining roles. Right. Uh, don't answer. I've been told a couple of times on TV, uh, don't answer Drew's questions. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well. And, uh, all those people who call in who've been listening for 14 years and stuff, Drew, who you just get so disappointed with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I've been listening for two years, and I mean, you've helped me a lot. Oh, good. I mean, you know, it's a strange thing, but my original albeit naive idea about this show when I started doing when I was 23 was Jack, I wish I had something that I could just learn from and a place I could call with it, with questions when I was 15. Yeah, well, you guys have really helped me out a lot and i just like to say thanks and tell you what a good job you're doing. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Give us one quick example of how Drew may have touched your life. Well, like, Drew always, you guys, both of you always are talking about like some signs of people being abused and you know i had to i 
was attracted to like a lot of abused girls mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like and i could like spot them out and i just picked them out like so much mm -hmm. and just recently you know I'm, I'm going out with a girl now i don't i haven't really asked her yet but i she seems to be a really nice girl and you know she, i don't think she's been a, so abused you're, in any way though you're a fixer yeah okay be Pretty careful much. all right brian all right uh, i don't know if that was a um glowing testimonial but he has some gain, gain some insight that's yes that's all we can ask for gaining a little insight we gain a little money one more call everyone's happy helen yes you're 17 yes you are by far the youngest person named helen on <laughs> the know. planet gosh my so grandmother's named helen so is mine and she's considered uh she's considered uh young for Helen at 83. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I was named after my grandma. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Wow. Well, where's Sugar Ray tonight? Um, <clears throat> I think they are resting themselves. They've, oh, uh, no. You know, they've been, they've been, uh, they've been stretched beyond the uh, limits. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I got a question for you. Um, I've been in this, like, relationship for, like, four months, and uh, just recently... He started to get really abusive, and, like, he doesn't like it when I even, like, talk to anybody else. Like, and I don't know how to deal with it. In what way has he become abusive? And what, what has he done that is abusive? Well, I mean, he's hit me, like, twice. Okay, that's it. He's gone. Hey, what but, would your grandmother named Helen do if she was hit twice by this young hoodlum? She'd probably leave him. All right. That's it. There you go. What's, <laughs> what's the problem? But see, like, he's, he came from a broken family, and every time I try and... That's in. Um... Charles Manson came from a broken family. What are we supposed to do? Let him go? You know what I'm saying? I'm leaving him. Because every time I've tried, he like comes back, and I feel bad because he doesn't have anybody else. Oh, this is bad. How long have you been together? Four months. Well, listen, so what? He shouldn't have anybody else. He smacks uh. women. He has to be accountable for the consequences of his actions. Yeah. He hits somebody, she leaves. That's it. If you, you're only facilitating, supporting that behavior by sticking around, it's not going to change. Okay. And, the, and this, this is a whole cycle of them. You know, women believe oh. that, that a guy cares so much. That's why he gets so upset that he hits her. You know, it's mm. my fault. It's not your fault. He's an abusive a-hole. Well, that's, not, that's not even the cycle. The cycle well, And then he comes is... back and is remorseful <laughs> and uh, I, I can't live without you and all that baloney. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and he becomes very convincing, and there's this whole other side of him that uh, he opens up to you that you've never seen before. And, oh, you just want to get to that It'll little part of him. It'll be different for I'll never happen again. I'm so sad, so sorry that I behaved like no. that. No. Go watch Sling Blade and watch the way that guy behaves after he beats up uh, remember when, uh, Dwight Yoakam. Right. Character. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he he beats up uh, the kid and the boy and his girlfriend, and then he's remorseful. Yeah. Or you should go watch uh, the Phantom Tollbooth and see the way that thing flies, man. The, the Tollbooth lifts right off the ground and really? he goes on this incredible adventure. Is it like the elevator in Charlie and the Chocolate? Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's really, it's the only book I ever read in my whole schooling days. I'm truly impressed. Fifteen book reports all on the Phantom Tollbooth. Fantastic. A little embarrassing by the time you got to the senior year in college and uh, you were talking about what uh, Milo and his dog with the uh, watch stuffed in his belly was doing. You I never, think the dog's never, name was Tick or Tock or something. He never got to Catch on the Rye. I never caught who where? <laughs> no. I never did get to the Catch on the Rye. But... <laughs> oh... Let's not mistake lack of education with lack of instinct. You know what? You're, you listen, listen. You're getting actually defensive about this. Yes, you quiet. 
Quiet. All of you. I'll show you. I'll show you all. I'll invent something very important, and we'll see who's stupid. A giant coil pot. Giant coil pot. Oh, shut up. Ernie, the world's fastest drummer for Loveline. Too, too, too high. When I'm not drumming, up a storm. <laughs> what was the rest of it? Loveline, I'll be right back. If it's not, sue me or something. Uber. You like making money? Drive with Uber. The popular smartphone app that connects riders with drivers. I love me some Uber. My wife loves Uber. We use it all the time. I've talked to the drivers. They love being their own boss and earning great money. Parents, you can work around your family schedule and students, you can make cash in between classes. I even hear one of our own is interested in being an Uber driver. Porcelain Punisher? Yeah, what a boss. You're thinking about being an Uber driver? Yeah, you know, uh, my buddies and I use Uber all the time over the weekends. And uh, over the last few months, I've had a chance to talk to a lot of the drivers, really find out how easy it is to be a driver. You can work around your schedule, make some quick bucks. So I figured work for you during the day, work for Uber at night. It's basically... You know, you're out, you're in your car, you're paying for your car, you're paying for your insurance. So why not make a few extra bucks? Smart. Yeah, you can turn it on and turn it off whenever you want. All you need is a car and a license to start earning serious, life-changing money today. Oh, do I wish these guys were around when I was a struggling comedian? Going to the open mic on the other side of the hill? Could have made a few bucks on the ride in. Sign up to Drive With Uber. Visit drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. DriveWithUber.com. Hi, this is Victoria Silstead, Playboy Playman of the Year, and you are listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Yes. Who was that? I don't know. I was yelling at Drew. Is that Victoria Silstead? Wow. Yeah. She's uh, she's quite something. It's really not fair to call other people women and her women, too. Or her woman. You know what I'm saying? What is she? A freak. She should be something else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, no, I wouldn't call it a freak. Oh, Sherry, don't put that puss on. But, I mean, she's like... This is like a woman and a half. You know what I mean? I mean, physically. Hugging her... It was like uh, hugging a statue out front of a courthouse or something. I mean, it wasn't like hugging a woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no way my mom and her should be women. <laughs> so we have to come up with a different term for Victoria. That's all I'm saying. Right. You know, I, I hug my mom. It's like a, you know hugging a, a sack of doorknobs or something. And then you, you hug Victoria, and it's a man. It's a whole different thing. All right. Brooke. Yeah, hi. Here, 24. Yeah, first of all, I gotta say, Adam, I love you, mm. but Drew, you're my mm. personal god. Oh, Brooke, thank you. Oh, no problem. Oh, goodness. But that has nothing to do with my question, really. All right. Uh, the other night, I was at my friend's house, and we decided to do some drinking before we went out to the bars. <laughs> we were having black cherry schnapps and Coke, and I only had one drink. Hold on a second. I gotta tell you a quick story. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, I always talk about, like, uh, all my uh, loser friends from high school. Yes. Well, um, one of my uh, buddies who's always working on my house now, 
And it's a great scene I got over there. I got a couple of guys I went to high school with who show up hungover at 8 in the morning every day. And uh, basically, I put them through the, uh, their paces. And then what they do in turn is uh, steal uh, porno movies, uh, CDs, uh, watch TV, talk on the phone, and uh, eat my food. And when these guys eat my food, they don't screw around. Like, if there's a package of six or eight hot dogs, They'll eat them all. and it's not been open, I'll well. come back, there'll be one. <laughs> There'll be one in, like, one half of a bun that's been torn in half out of a whole pack. I mean, it's, it, you know, you know how that thing where you, you take one and then you position the package so it looks like they're still... Are you kidding? They just leave stuff out. They, they, they leave uh, the Playmate video of the year out. They leave it right in the middle of the floor. But uh, anyway, one of the guys, this isn't a guy who comes from my house, but this is a guy who, one of the guys who comes to my house goes out drinking with. He's got himself one of those breathalyzers hooked up to his cognition. Oh, for gosh sakes. You know you're in trouble, by the way, when the state has uh, gotten inside of your car and decided they're going to be in charge of what's going on. And I don't blame the state. I just mean you know you're a loser when a device has to be installed inside of your automobile to save you and others from yourself mm-hmm. at age 33. And he does something to get around with this? No, there's nothing he can do to get around it. But uh, these guys went out drinking the other night, and somebody told him if he ate a whole raw potato... <laughs> He could breathe into it and bypass it. Oh, for crying out An God. entire raw potato. Which he did. Oh, naturally. This is some kind of a... Like, this, this, uh, and then he blew into it? Didn't say, make it. Yeah. <laughs> Ray told him that, didn't he? No. But uh, still pretty funny. I mean, yeah, somebody told him to, to eat a raw root. Think about that. Yeah. That just makes good sense. All right, Brooke. So, so I had one drink. Mm-hmm. One schnapps and Coke. Mm-hmm. I drank it down pretty fast because I couldn't taste alcohol, so I slammed it. And right after, I got this really intense chest pain, mm-hmm. like a tightness in my chest and my shoulder. And uh, it went for like 10, 15 minutes. And I said to my friend, if I was like 40 years old, I would think I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. It was that intense. Mm-hmm. Are, are, do you smoke? No. Okay. Uh, there, there are a lot of potential ex- Is that what you're calling about, to wonder why that happened? Yeah. Uh, there are a number of potential explanations for that. Uh, I mean, obviously, you do need to be checked out from a cardiac standpoint. There can be congenital problems, meaning things you were born with in the heart. They can cause spasm or lack of blood supply to certain parts of the heart. Um, and and or there can be spasm of the arteries to the swallow the shot glass. Uh, m- yeah, no. m- pro- more probable it was something related to your gastrointestinal tract, like an esophageal spasm, or even p- perhaps was it in, was it uh, did it get up into the right side of your abdomen at all? Uh, right side of my abdomen? No, yeah, well, it's, it's the just chest, upper chest. Upper chest. That's right. yeah. See, wonder if it was but a, a lot of the time people think they're having an angina or a heart attack or something. It turns out to be Esoph- gas. Esoph- right? Yeah, esophageal spasm or gastritis or esophagitis. And the, and your, your schnapps is a very caustic liquor, and uh, you should, you're taking a big gulp of this stuff. I mean, who knows what you did to your esophagus on the way down. And that's probably what it was, but it needs to be checked out for sure. I'm not into the novelty booze, by the way. You're not into novelty anything except, uh, well, you're into that taboo stuff. What taboo stuff? That taboo porn, that's what you keep bringing up. Well, it's just taboo, too, I like. It's just for the historical context. Uh, that was one of the first movies I ever saw, and it was one of those things. Uh. Sort of like uh, the way you feel when you hear a monkey song come on the radio. You know what I mean? Mm. Brings you back. I see. But I'm not into the novelty uh, anything. stuff. Novelty anything. No, not yeah. really. Yeah. Like uh, those shoes they tried to give us the other? Right. Oh, couldn't get rid of that crap fast enough. All right. Um, Todd. Yeah. You're 26. 
That's me. What's hey going guys, on? How's it going? Good. Love your show. Thank you. Uh, had a question. Uh, I've heard you talk several times about sexual addiction and what it entails, and maybe some of the signs and, and things that might bring it on, and, and maybe there's some underlying causes like maybe if you know if you weren't an alcoholic then maybe you'd be a sex addict right that that the genetics of what our culture would call alcoholism tends to under underpin most forms of sexual addictions and although you may not touch alcohol or may not be addicted to anything else this may be the way that biology expresses itself okay because you're saying a couple of times like say for me i mean i i you know probably at least four or five times a week you know do basically adam's favorite sport in the world but uh I'm just kind of curious. Uh, if I'm not doing that, I have to be doing something all the time going. I, I can't sit down and just sit and think and relax. I have to be well, doing that's, that's not sexual addiction, I don't think. And I'm just kind of curious. You know, if I'm not doing that, like when I go to Vegas, if I'm, if I'm not at the girly bars, I'm sitting at the tables probably wasting more money than I, than I can afford to give away. Well, they don't have and, gambling at those girly bars, do they? Yeah, and that's kind of not a very good thing because then, you know, I don't know. I guess it's a good thing because then I'd spend both my money and, you know, waste my time. They're probably all hours of the day and all hours of the night, so I guess it's kind of good in a way. But I just, I'm just kind of curious, you know, if, if, you know, you like, you go like three or four days, and if you don't do it, you're just totally, totally, totally cranky and whacked out of the head. You know, everybody talks, so you want to bite your head off, mm. but yet right after you three do it, three or four days without masturbating. Well, if I can go that long, it's a good week. But <laughs> yeah, I've never, uh, I don't like to push myself in that department. You had that contest once. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I stood back and refereed that contest. We had a uh, competition. Hold on a sec, Don. That, that reminds me. There was a uh, competition amongst me and my friends once. <sighs> this is about 10 years ago. Holy Christ, it was 10 years ago, maybe more. And um, see who would go the longest without touching themselves. They, they later made a Seinfeld episode about this about five years ago, but this was... Uh, at least five years before that. And there was a shirt. It said uh, cold jerky on it. And it had Velcro on the front. And it said day number. <laughs> you had to wear the thing around. And uh, I think... Uh, you I, had to wear it around. Well, you didn't have to wear it to work and stuff. But it was just your shirt. The keeper of the shirt. As a matter of fact, I think the Wheeze still has the shirt. But the Whoa. keeper of the shirt was the guy who had the crown. I see. And my friend Carl... Uh, had the crown, I and see. it was like 19 days. I, so he was he was making a run at the crown. Uh, the wheeze yeah. was making a run at the crown. I see. And uh, I immediately pulled out of the competition. Now, the rules of the competition were... <laughs> how, how far did you make it? I didn't even... Uh, that night. I didn't even try. Right. I just... Uh, forget it. You guys uh, go go on without me. I'll, uh, I'll be like the official tabulator or something. I'll be like the towel boy. I wasn't going to get... Why torture myself? All right, all right. I was probably 21 and miserable at the time. This is the only thing I had. All right. So uh, the wheeze makes a run at the crown, and uh, I should say the shirt, and uh, he gets about 18. Uh, I think that the, the number of days was 19, but uh, unfortunately the wheeze thought it was 16 or 17 days. He was misinformed somehow, and I showed up at his work that day, the, the day he thought he was going to take the shirt. On the 16th day. On the 16th day. And I, it was about 4.35 in the afternoon, and I said, uh, hey, what's going on? What are you doing tonight? And he said, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm locking myself in the bathroom, and I'm not coming out. I said, uh, well, what's that about? <laughs> tonight I bring home the you know I bring home the shirt. I said, tonight? What are you talking about tonight? You're not bringing home till Friday. What are you talking about, he says. I says, the... Uh, <laughs> 
it's not 19, you know, it's not 16 days, it's 19 days. And this guy, the wheeze, who goes about 125 pounds, grabs me by the, um, by the shirt collar and throws me in a wall and he goes, don't F with me, man! <laughs> I thought he was going to kill me. If you've ever wondered about the power of the biology, there it is. Oh, so, um, anyway, he, uh, he ended up making it the, uh, 19 days and, uh, now has his shirt somewhere. I have to get that back from him. All right, that'll go in the uh, Loveline scrapbook. So what the hell? Todd's all right? Is that true? Yeah. He's not a sexaholic. No, I don't think he's so. just one of these guys. He's a little defensive. He's got to keep an eye on himself. Yeah, he that's can't all. do anything if he's not... He, he can't sit by himself and be comfortable. So there's something going on there, but it's not addiction, I don't think. All right. Loveline will be right back. Line, I'll be right back after we kill the singer. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. This is Dr. Drew for True Car. Everyone is talking about transparency these days, a word you hear a lot because people want it. So when it comes to making a big purchase, like perhaps buying a new car, you expect some transparency in the buying process. This is a process that gives you the confidence to know you're getting the fair deal, right? So you can really look at all the details. To understand the power of transparency, you need to check out TrueCar and TrueCar's mobile app. TrueCar not only can configure the car you want and how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for. Down to the zip code, so right in your area, you see the very same car. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on that car, you can lock in guaranteed savings on an average over $3,000 off MSRP. Then you're connected with a trusted TrueCar certified dealer that will honor your savings without any negotiation, no shenanigans. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay, download the TrueCar app today. Hi, this is Andy Dick from News Radio, and you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yes, you is, and we will be back in a scant 10 seconds. This is Love Line on Radio Station. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. That's Dr. Drew. The phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Drew went back to the dentist today. Yeah. Did you get your nitrous again? Um, no, because I, I told you I had that sort of freak out trip on it yeah, last I, I, time. Right. And it, it just bummed me out. I'm a little embarrassed now because I don't want him to think I'm a lightweight, you know. But uh, I'm like, yeah, I'll do without the nitrous. And uh, I didn't have to have the nitrous because I got the preliminary teeth cleaning thing. Uh Now, to me, teeth cleaning was always a one-stage job. You go in for about an hour and they scrape your teeth. Uh, Because I've not been in there. For five years. You have to do tooth by tooth, hour per tooth? I actually have to leave my uh, each tooth there uh. and uh, come back and pick it up like it was dry cleaning. Uh. Uh, Three-day process. And, um, you know, again, with the technology. Because, uh, I, you know, like I said, the last time I got my, my teeth cleaned was about five, six years ago. And uh, then the time before that was three or four years and so on. 
But I remember the first time I got my teeth cleaned. Uh, they got a sharp, pointy, metal scraping tool, and they scraped my tooth. And I said to the dental hygienist, oh, and by the way, I will unveil the biggest breakthrough in medical, or I should say dental technology in the last 35 years in just a moment, because there is something that's different. I said to the uh, dental hygienist as she was scraping my teeth, um, they have anything that's different than the actual scraping process. Uh, If you guys come up with anything at all in the last 45 years or maybe, oh, hell, let's call it 70 years. Has there been any step forward in in terms of uh, uh, technological breakthroughs? When it comes to dentistry and cleaning teeth, anything at all? And she said, uh, uh, well, there is this uh, electrosonogram thing that breaks up things via microwave. And right. I thought, oh, this is fan. Now we're talking. Where is this thing? Uh, they don't they don't use them. <laughs> it's like, OK, this is not a breakthrough that. Right. And those who argue that there have been uh, some movements forward in dentistry in the last 40 to 70 years, I would have to say that. They need to be utilized. This cannot be something that's on the drafting board somewhere or something that some guy in a lab is putting the finishing touches on. Unless I can go into a goddamn dentist office and see it used on my mouth, it is not a breakthrough yet. This is, uh, this is akin to saying we have found uh, the, um, uh, we know, uh, we, we have the, uh, the smallpox vaccine, but no one can use it. Right. Well, then big deal. Right. It's not a breakthrough until it has widespread application. Yep. Oh, for Christ's sake with the dentistry. I said to her, you know what? I said to her, and I said this to the dentist five years ago. I said, you know that, that mirror, that metal-backed metallic mirror that you've been smacking against my teeth for the last hour and 15 minutes? Do you think you could make that thing out of some form of plastic? Some composite material, some nylon material. For Christ's sake, half your engine parts are made out of this nylon material now. Why don't you make it out of something other than metal so you don't bang it? Because they're const- forever taking the handle of the thing and whacking it against your teeth. And all the instruments are the same, too. It's just metal whacking against your teeth. And I know they have high-temperature uh, composite plastic resin materials. They're on the space shuttle, for Christ's sake. Just work it into a dental instrument, you people. Please, when is dentistry going to move forward? Anyway, I'm now going to unveil the biggest breakthrough in dental technology in the last 65 years. The teeth cleaning uh, composite, the grit, the pumice that they put on your teeth and uh, clean it, the abrasive material that comes in different flavors. Oh, right, right, right. True. How how, how much description do you need before this starts sounding familiar to you? Toothpaste. Yeah, but it's uh, but it's a it's, yeah, it's, got a little it's stuff abrasive in it. yeah, material right. that they use to polish your yeah, teeth. Yeah, now comes in pina colada. Oh, <laughs> I said, oh Jesus Christ! What am I supposed to do? Enjoy myself now? It's pina colada. Well, I think I'm going to be at a Jimmy Buffett concert. I'm just going to drift off and think I'm uh, at a happy hour poolside at the uh, Waikiki Hilton. Please, with the pina colada. Like, I'm going to... Like, you're supposed to enjoy this process now that it's pina colada. Well, that's different. Oh, pina colada. Yeah, when it was just spearmint, I was miserable. Now that I'm getting uh, pina colada uh, diatomaceous earth rubbed into my mouth. Oh, for Christ's sake. That is the biggest breakthrough. There you go, everybody. Please, we need to take money and funnel it into the dental industry. You know, um, 
you know how Jerry Lewis has his kids? Yeah. I'm going to have a telethon each year where I just beg people for money to put into the dental industry. Oh. Uh, I, I swear to God, saddle making is the only other business that would rival dentistry in terms of achievements, uh, progressive technological achievements in the last 50 years. <sighs> okay. I don't want to talk too much smack about him. Oh, by the way, there was a guy who was laying down with his mouth uh, hung wide open uh, when I was walking by who was a fan today. Going, hey, hey, hey. He was like, give me the thumbs up. I enjoy it. Yeah. All right, pal. I don't know if I, can, if I can ease the pain just a little bit. It felt like Mother Teresa walking up and down the hall there. Elise. Yes. You're 19. Yes, I am. Oh. oh. Hold on, Drew. Let me ask you a quick question. Was a heart transplant, a liver transplant, or any major organ transplant even uh, feasible 30 years ago in medicine? Just about. But not hard. done on any kind of practical application? Not really widely, no. And um, what about all this um, uh, stuff that they use now, like angioplasty and oh, that no. business? No, no, no. No. Y you needed a bypass. They cut into you. Yeah, even that was just getting started <laughs> Right, 30 years ago. Oh, for Christ's sake. And forget about anything involving the skull or the brain. Oh, just uh, optometrics have uh, come a million. Did I say that word right? Uh, uh, optometry? Yeah. Yeah, ophthalmology, yeah. Ophthalmology, all right. Uh, Elise? Yes. What's going on? Okay, um, <clears throat> I'm a virgin. And every time I get into a relationship and we start talking, you know, we start getting personal, and I tell them I'm a virgin, a couple days later they break up with me. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> How many times has th has this, this happened? This has happened a lot. How many I've times? Had, well, five or six. It's a lot. And this but do you, hold on. Do you follow the virgin part with um, because of uh, the teachings of Christ? I will not relinquish my well, hymen I don't until. I want to save this for someone that I love. I mean, I don't want to just you know waste. It. I mean, I'm a very picky person. <laughs> waste it. And it's funny. It's women. It's like they got one bullet in the uh, in the chamber. They gotta wait till they see the whites in the guy's eyes before they uh, before hey, they put a round. If between. you want to know why that's a good idea, listen to our show for a couple of days. Um, <laughs> no, I, I want to find the right person for me. Mm -hmm. But here's what I'm asking. Mm -hmm. See, I don't think most guys are scared of a woman being a virgin. I think if it sounds like they're not going to get any in the foreseeable future. Then they're going. It right. has nothing to do with, or, or, I don't want to be with a virgin. Or if in the way you delivered it, it was uh, pushing them back. You know, mm -hmm. rather, rather than discussing something personal about yourself, you were throwing up a roadblock. No, no. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I, I just... How did it come up? In the, in the, give, I mean, us, give us specific... I, the last time you brought it up, how did it come up? I mean, we were talking, and, and we talked about... It was just... He told me about, my, like, this last guy I was dating, he told me how many, you know, sexual partners he had. And he's like, well, how many you had? I'm like, well, I haven't had any. I'm, I'm a virgin. It's like, oh. And he got really silent, and then he changed the subject. And then a couple of days later, he breaks up with me. Really? Mm-hmm. How many sexual partners did he have? What? I'm, I'm wondering if this guy was a real, just a how jerk. How many sexual partners yeah. did he have? Yeah. He had two. Two, okay. Yeah. Oh, you see, this uh, this is a challenge. <laughs> I mean, most guys would at least give it a shot. I know. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's kind of like that uh, 
you know, you go to the basketball games and they have that thing where they pull some drunken fan out during halftime and they get a shot at uh, doing the half court yeah. hook and uh, see if they can win themselves a Toyota Tercel or something. <laughs> hey, at least throw the ball toward the hoop. I mean, you, you give it a shot. You're not going to stay there all night, but uh, you might give it a, you just throw it once. I mean, I can't believe they don't even give it a try. I don't know. I really don't think, I can't believe this has to do with the virginity. That's that's what I, 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 I that's what I suspect. Unless you're, you see, like I said, if you're saying I am a virgin and I intend on remaining a virgin until my wedding night. No, I've, I've never said that. Right. Or, or if you said it in a way of a, a defensive way, and that's why I was wondering how it comes up in in conversation. Was that a typical conversation <laughs> in which this would come up? Um, it's it actually kind of happened like that. Typically. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, hmm. I would like to experience that. We don't understand either. <laughs> you like to experience what? I mean, I would like to experience it someday with someone, but, I mean, I don't want to rush anything. No. Well, believe me, at 19, you, you're you're past Russian. <laughs> <laughs> you're into China. <laughs> A little geography I'm, humor I'm there, Drew. for you, Adam. All right. Oh, really? <laughs> Yes. All right. All right, now there's Hey, something. seriously, let me, let me ask you something. There is something wrong with Elise. Let me ask you. I know you're saving yourself. Yes. And you want it to be a special relationship and all that. Mm-hmm. But what if some celebrity just wanted to get you once? And it was like, you know, it was uh, between layovers at a Denver airport or something like that and just want to give you a quick one in the bathroom. Would you do uh, that? Only if it was you. No, seriously. Like, no, I w- no, I wouldn't. What if, like, Tom Cruise... I mean, no. who who are you really into? <laughs> um, I really like Brad Pitt. Okay, all right. But, no, no I I, sh- just quiet down and and uh, let me play my game here. <laughs> Forget about the airport thing. But okay. Brad Pitt comes over to the house, um, smelling of uh, brute and lavoris, <laughs> and uh, he's got that thing where his uh, you know shirts undone. And he he doesn't you know he smells good, but he looks a little disheveled. And he says, "Listen, here's the God's honest truth. I'm, you know, I'm ten years older than you. This is never going to work. I'm going to uh, Egypt to work on um, the Sphinx uh, Three. It's a, uh, it's a Sean Connery action flick. It's coming out uh, in July. But uh, be that as it may, the plane leaves tomorrow morning. I will spend the night with you, and it will be a night of incredible ecstasy. But we'll never speak again. Don't tell me you wouldn't go in for that." No, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd blow I him. Come I on. Wouldn't. Oh, please. Now you're lying. No, I'm not. I wouldn't do that. Really? Nope. All right. Well, this is what the guy sends. <laughs> That's why they're gone. <laughs> if she's not going to give it up to Brad Pitt, I'm certainly not getting any. <laughs> do you give any oral sex? What? Do you give oral sex? No. I All haven't right. had anything like that. Oh, nothing? No kissing? No nothing? No, no, of course kissing. I'm a good kisser. Oh really? Yeah. You got to be good when uh, when that's all you're getting. What? How <laughs> how far have you gotten? Well, I mean, I I've I've kissed someone and, and touching, but mm-hmm. I no, I just have you ever touched um you know? I mean, little little friend guy. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Oh, you have? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Well, why couldn't you just use my penis? <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I'd like to put you in a mason jar and uh, and open you open you in like uh, the year two thousand fifteen or something. Oh yeah, or just put her in a space capsule. Yeah, I can put you in a time capsule. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's nice. All right, Elise, you're fine. <laughs> Screw all these guys figuratively. 
Oh, I love you, Adam. All right, we love you. That's not necessarily a good sign. It's the, the one thing we're concerned about. And what You know, I was just thinking about that, these time capsules. Yeah. Time capsules, everyone listening, you're probably a little bit too young, but for some reason, time capsules got really, really hip about uh, late 1970s, yes. 1976. About 15 years ago, yeah. Well, uh, I hate to say it, but it's more than that. But about until about 82 or so. 76 to like 80 yeah. was a prime time capsule. Some jackass decided... Why don't we just take one of uh, everything that's sort of uh, culturally relevant to this year, and then we'll bury it? Now, I was just thinking to myself, we did that like when I was in junior high. You know, we took like a Leif Garrett uh, <laughs> album and, uh, you know, a Bay City Rollers uh, pair of pants and, a you know, a 1978-something-something and buried it. And I think we forgot about it. I really think a lot of these people have buried these time capsules. What? what, what, yeah, what, what. Hey, you, I don't know when you're supposed to dig them up. Is the point? I think they're gone. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. All these uh, stone uh, disco jackasses from the '70s that went and buried stuff. It's just akin to going and burying crap. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. It's not a time capsule. It's a. It's a tomb. Right. It's. <laughs> it's a grave. That's what it is. It's interesting. It'll show up somewhere. Yeah, Sometime. You, yeah, you you got that uh, 1977 Sports Illustrated uh, right next to the uh, bicentennial uh, Coke can, right next to the uh, the uh, Pinto keys, and they're gone. <laughs> I'm gonna go dig up my uh, high school, uh, junior high school time capsule. I think it was supposed to be the year 2000 or something. Where was it? It was like uh, in North Hollywood. Did you uh, buried in North Hollywood? Yeah. Is there anything that's not... Well, they buried it right on campus. Do they have to get a jackhammer out and get through the cement? I don't know what they do. I, I'd like to find out what's going on with all these, because it's about anything, time to there, open is, this is there crap. Any, is there any ground in North Hollywood? Any dirt? No. All right. I think we had to stuff it in a hollow tree or something. Yeah. Amy. I mean, um, Kendall. Hey. Hey, you're 30. What's going on? I'm 30, and um, I actually have a question about my younger brother. Um who I love very much, but in last year or so I've started to be, like, really disgusted by his behavior, and I'm starting to think he's a total loser and a freak. But then one night I suddenly realized, hey, Adam sounds a lot like my brother, and I really dig Adam, and Adam's doing something cool. So I was wondering if there was any hope for him. And it's kind of a question for Dr. Drew, too. What's he doing? Well, he has, he's obsessed with the female form. He has no relationships with women that are not totally sexual and usually involve the exchange of money for services. Oh, my well. brother is not... He's not... Let me tell you, hold on, that's where I draw the line. I will never take money for sex. <laughs> Even... You have no price whatsoever? Uh, no, that's wrong. Okay. Well, <laughs> he, um... I'm, I'm kind of... Worried. I would have extended a nice line of credit to that Victoria Silvstad, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Uh, no he money down, like, no uh, payments. Sounded like you were quite impressed with her, um, but seriously, he um, he doesn't have any any relationships with women that are, are not sexual. He constantly just goes on. And if he were <clears throat> nineteen or something, I might give him a break. But he's he's twenty eight, and I just see this going on and on and on until he's some really creepy, disgusting old man who's just mm -hmm. like salivating over young girls, and mm -hmm. he makes really lewd comments all the time about about women, and, and it's starting to gross me out. Have you have you confronted him about this? Yeah, I'm like, you're, you're, you're gross. You're like a drooling wolf at anything that moves that's female. And what does he say? And 
He's like, hey, I'm a guy. <laughs> hey, you're looking good. <laughs> oh, God, no. Answer those. I'd have to kick his ass. If oh, okay. That. What's he do for a living? Nothing. And mm. and all of his friends sound kind of like your friends. They're all like a bunch of like loser hanger, hangers <laughs> on who just sort of come over and drink all his beer and... And he chauffeurs them around. And is he an addict? Is your your brother? Um, there's a lot of that in my family. Yeah, and it sounds, it I would sounds say at like this point that he is. Yeah, it sounds like that's what's going on. Here. What's he do for a living? I mean, doesn't he have there's, to make he's, money? He's been he's been um, failing out of college for about the last eight years, <laughs> and, um, and unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess you could say he's he's kind of set with money. Just just through the family situation. Mm. And I don't think that that's really helping him. Uh, no. Uh, no. That's it's the, the worst thing you can do yeah. for sort of borderline idiots. I can't take away his money, you know. And he's he's a really cute guy, and he's funny and everything. No. And yeah, that's it. He's cute. He's funny. He's got money. There's always going to be women. He drives one of those big penis cars, you know, like a Dodge Stealth with, like, oh. the really rad wheels. What do you do? It? Get left a bunch of money? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me tell you this. Drew... I swear to God, I'm never giving my kids, uh, I'm not leaving them anything. Because it, 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 you, it is like taking the batteries out of a toy yeah. when you uh, leave them that big dowry. Yeah. I mean, they get, it, it sucks the life and the motivation right out of you. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I would never made a penny in my entire life if anyone gave me a penny first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You may have. All right, Kendall, the guys, uh, you know, here's the thing. There's a big difference, hopefully, between uh, 28 and 30. 32, 33. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, guys start to calm down and slow down a little. But the fact that he doesn't have to work and he has this money to live off, this is going to be the end of him. Yeah. Because the only thing, the only chance at sucking guys back into line is they get tired of waking up and going to work hungover and that sort of thing. Well, and they that, run out yeah, of money for just, booze and so well, on and so forth. The consequences are what are what get people to get out of these behavioral ruts they get into. And if he has doesn't have to suffer any consequences, if he's insulated from them, he's not going to change. So you need to find ways to bring consequences to bear upon him. Get him. Find ways that reality can get his face pressed to the mirror of reality a little bit. Yeah. And whether it's um, DUI or you know, something, you know, hurting somebody, something where you can point out the relationship between what he's doing and the consequences. Uh, this, by the way, is why I think the lottery is the greatest disservice a society can pay to any of its members. This just cuts you off at the knees. I as soon as you. Uh, most of the people play the lottery are the type of people that as soon as they win, uh, they're going on a Coke binge. Yeah. I'm telling you, I know it to be true. The yeah. worst thing I believe you could do for any 19-year-old is uh, put a couple mil in the bank and tell oh. them to uh, have at it. Oh. It just destroy their lives. Yeah. Uh, look, look, this is why athletes and rock stars go to hell. At least they're earning it. Uh, thank God I never had any money. <laughs> And my parents had the good sense not to give me any. And to kick you out. And to kick me out. Yeah. Yeah, it ended up working, although it was pretty chancy. I don't give them any credit for it. And it could have backfired pretty easily yeah. on them. It was either... Uh, well, I, wait a minute. It could have backfired. It backfired for about uh, 10 years. Yeah, it was either death Solid. or success. Oh, it was horrible. All right. Uh, Drew, sell the hell out of the next call. Uh, Lynn, her girlfriend, won't come to her house. She's upset that she has to be the one that puts out and commutes. Drew, haven't we talked about this? Two girls? What? 
Oh my! Well, yeah, this is not something I'm going to stay around for. What do you want? To, yeah. As a listener, uh, on a tireless quest, <laughs> her friend doesn't want to come by. No, no, her, her no, girlfriend, her girlfriend. Oh, her, her lesbian girlfriend. Yes. No. Okay, I'm there. All of my most sensitive areas were inflamed. Really? Loveline will be right back to deal with inflamed sensitive areas. Jerry Springer, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Hey, that's that Jerry Springer. I remember when he came in. Nice guy. Yeah. You know, he was uh, mayor of Cincinnati. Yep. But what I. What. And, you know, and remember, he had like that 80 page bio that I read. Right. Because I was waiting uh, for a stereo to be installed in my car, so I read the entire bio. Right. And I kept bringing up crap that uh, he Breath hadn't the heard. Hell out of him, yeah. Uh, one thing I wasn't in the bio and I forgot to bring up because I didn't know about it at the time was, uh, that when he was mayor of Cincinnati, he got busted with a hooker. Oh, is that right? <laughs> that's, oh, that's why he got kicked out of that position. Oh, gee. Was, uh, at least, uh, so goes the tale. So, uh, I wish I'd remembered that. Mm. Hmm. Can't hide from the penis. Lynn? Yeah. 24. <laughs> yes, I am. Just by a little over a month. I'm getting old. <laughs> oh, please. You look great. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, I got a little problem. All right. Um, my bi girlfriend, uh, I have a little hard time uh, getting her to come see how I live. Uh, how is it that you live? Well, I live uh, down in the country, and she's about 20 miles from me. I can get up there and see her quite often, uh, but she doesn't have really a good, dependable mode of transportation right now. Uh-oh. So I offer quite often to come up and get her. Mm-hmm. But she never takes the offer. Uh, let's see, Lynn. Where, where do you, what city are you calling from? I'm in Glencoe. Oh, Glencoe. Yeah. Home of the uh, Fighting Badgers. Uh, not Badgers, really. Where's Glencoe? <laughs> Chicago. Oh, Chicago? Chicago? No, I'm in Cincinnati. I'm real close to Cincinnati. That was Glencoe outside of Chicago. The closest town to me right now is Glencoe. All right. Okay, but you're living up in the hills. Yeah, I'm in the hills. And what do you do, uh, run and shine? Mm, no, no, I'm just a mama. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. They are going to... Uh, they're going to love that alternative lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, it was funny. Uh, I was sitting in the airport uh, the other day, and uh, I was looking at a lesbian couple mm-hmm. with uh, with a kid. And it looked like a lesbian couple, like a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, huh, I wonder what I think about that. I wonder how uh, the kid is going to be raised and so on and so forth. And then I thought... Oh, what gives me the right to pass any judgment on uh, a lesbian couple having a kid or not having a kid or something like that? And then I thought to myself, <laughs> boy, we've really come a long way as a society. You've, you're saying to yourself, I am now choosing to hook up with a partner uh, uh, who is my own sex, yet I will be outraged if I'm denied a child. 
And I thought about that for a second, and I think you have pulled yourself right out of that whole biological possibility game. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, unless unless you're using somebody else's material. Right, but I wasn't really talking about the um, uh, mechanics of the whole thing. Right. I was just talking about the sort of philosophy of the, the whole the, thing, the, which the, is... The you, meta, metaphysics of it, really. You are saying, and I don't even know what it's called, and I don't even know how to express this feeling without being possibly offensive, but uh, screw everyone. I just think to myself, you're a woman who's taken up with another woman and uh, will not be involved with a man physically, yet if somebody denied you of your right to have a child, you would be outraged by that. And I thought to myself, boy, we are living in a society when you really want everything. Because you're saying, I'm taken up with my own sex and I still deserve a child. Now, I'm not saying that lesbians don't make fit parents or that gay men don't make fit parents, but when you hook up with somebody of your own sex... There's certain concessions you have to make. Uh, one of them is not having a kid. You can't. You can't do it. I don't even. Uh, it, to me, if you if you can't do it, then you shouldn't want to. I don't even know where that same thing comes from. I don't even know where that part where it goes that paternal instinct or maternal instinct comes in without the penis end of it. I really like women. I'm totally unattracted to men. Yet I love kids. It, it seems strange to me. Hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll give it some thought. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But think about, I mean, that is the ultimate entitlement, if you think about it. I mean, it's the, it's the ultimate. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to have a relationship with someone who's uh, other than my own gender, yet I have the right to have kids. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is worse than workman's comp. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not going to work, but I want to get paid. Uh, this, is, this is the ultimate, if you think about it, sort of uh, philosophically think about that. Okay, have, I don't know. I have, to, I have to give a lot more thought. It just hit me in a big way yeah, while I was I, I sitting at the airport. Uh, let's see. Lesbian Lynn? Yeah. I mean, um, bisexual lesbian Lynn? Mm-hmm. No, not lesbian. I'm married. Oh, I thought you were bisexual. I am bisexual. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, we are doing some gambling. Are you still married? Yes, I'm married. Uh-huh. He's out in the car listening to this right now. And you uh, <laughs> uh, killing himself with carbon monoxide. Oh, no, he's not. He's got a he garden hose hooked up to the exhaust pipe. <laughs> oh, boy, you hear that maniacal laugh? Mm-hmm. All right, Lynn, we're going to gamble on you. Okay, I knew you would. Okay, hold on a second. I have faith in you. Thank you. Okay. Go. Something's going on with Lynn. She's got a kid. She's married. She has a uh, lesbian or bisexual lover. The husband is still in the picture. He's out in the car. I'm guessing he's driving home from some sort of employment. She's uh, once her, her problem is she says it, could be, it is it could she be can't get her driveway. Could be the only place they have a radio. She can't, she can't she can't get her girlfriend to come up to the hills and uh, be with her. She has to go down to her. Yet she's married. Now uh, I'm just going straight out and going sexual abuse. All right, I'll go alcoholic, physically abusive dad. All right, Lynn. You are both right. We are? You are both right. Uh, who, uh, your dad an alcoholic? My dad was a severe alcoholic, severe alcoholic. Uh, not beating, and mm-hmm. I was uh, abused when I was from the age of six until I was 14. By and, him? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't have very strong feelings for the man, you know, being an alcoholic, but no, it was by a cousin. Mm-hmm. Wow, how does a cousin, uh, w- did you live with the guy or did you just see him? Uh, no, uh, the first time was at a family function at my grandmother's on Christmas. 
Christmas. That's yeah. uh, Jesus's birthday. Yeah. That, that, uh, really, there should be a moratorium on uh, incest <laughs> just on that one day. And uh, after that, as he got older, uh, he, my mom started letting him babysit us. Oh, yeah. That's a tactical move. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So mom can kick herself for that one now, um, <laughs> but at the time she had no idea. Um, Lynn, and Lynn has another an interesting twist on our voice uh, mm-hmm. hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Which is what? What do you hear in Lynn's voice? Does she sound twelve? No. She sounds what? Gregarious. She sounds 48. Or 48. 48? No. You you sound older than 24, but you don't sound 48. You've seen a lot, though, Lynn, right? Yeah, I have. And how, yeah. old is, how old is your kid? My kid is two. Mm-hmm. He's a sweetie. Yeah. Do you have uh, a boy or girl? Boy. I start building another prison. Is, uh, is, uh, you, have a, you have a daughter? No. Good. Uh, you... you Using safe sex? You practicing safe sex? Uh, tube tied. Ah, good. Was that the government? Did the government do that? No. Oh. No. Damn. Elective. To get a few tax dollars back. You did it electively? Yeah. Good. And how long have you been married? I've been married five years. And how does the marriage work with you going in the, down to see your lesbian lover? Oh, he takes me. Uh-huh. Does he get... What's in it for him? He gets to watch, and I get to, you know, do anything I want to him during. We've had one experience together besides, you know, a lot of heavy petting, stuff like that. And she was all up for it. She's like, yeah, well, you can do him while I do you. And I was like, oh, hey, I'm ready for that. <laughs> and is uh, uh, has he ever strayed and touched her? No. no. But I, I wouldn't mind that either, you know. You wouldn't? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I would see it is uh, if he was going to cheat, I'd rather be there instead of my mind working constantly wondering what happened. Right. Yeah. Rather, rather have the there. overt abuse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's the same way I feel about train travel. If there's going to be an accident or der- derailment, I'd like to actually be in the train. Yeah, I want to see when, what happens. <laughs> yeah, when the thing uh, careens off the overpass. Lynn, how much do you drink? Oh. <laughs> She was with me on my train. How much, how much do you drink? How much do you drink? Hmm? How much do you drink? I quit drinking last October. And how much? Do you smoke pot or something else? No. No. Cigarettes, that's it. I quit everything. And really? Sobriety is pretty nice, especially for a 20, you know, 20-something. I no, like well, it. This is not sobriety, though, is it? Because if you were really working a program, uh, your sponsor would have some issues with the way you're behaving and uh, the kinds of relationships you maintain, Right. Kinda, yeah. Are you, are you going to meetings? No. Okay. So I this, this, stopped, this, this uh, isn't sobriety then. This social is not, uh, drinking wasn't for me anymore. This uh, isn't sobriety. This yeah. Is, this is abstinence then. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Well, you're, you're gonna fill it with something. And then, well, Lynn, have you ever got any therapy or anything for all this horrendous stuff that happened to you? Uh, I saw a therapist when I was 18. Uh-huh. Uh, and she couldn't tell me anything I didn't already know uh, to help me work through it. So uh, I just became very open. I talk a lot about it. Mm-hmm. That's how come I can deal with things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never suppressed myself in any way. You certainly haven't. Nope. Uh, ask your girlfriend and your husband. <laughs> and, uh, whoever's in the kitchen yeah. watching. Yeah. All right, uh, listen, Lynn, mm-hmm. you, you sound happy, and uh, far be it from us to uh, tell you you're not, but I'm sort of waiting for the wheels to come off the wagon here. 
Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm and they wait for you guys to dig it out. They uh, well, we don't have enough time to dig it out, but uh, we know it's in there. That's good enough. Now, here's what we worry about: uh, Where's the kid going to be yeah. when the wheels come off the wagon? Exactly. Well, you are now mama. Do you understand? Yeah. You're I'm not the mama. Uh, bi mama. You're not lesbian mama. You're not. Um, you're not good product time. of an alcoholic, yeah. abusive family yeah. mama. You're just mama to your it's, kid. It's not. You're not buddy. You're not to have a good time. It's not. Hey, this little wonderful child. You're the parent. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a serious job. It's a painful job. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get through to her. I can just say. Uh... Drew, uh, I like the way you can, you know, uh, you, you can turn parenting into like a uh, login or something. I mean, you turn it into a, a real, uh, well, real culture, good vocation. Our, our culture teaches uh, that you, know, you should idealize your kids and you know indulge them and no. and they're wonderful. They, you know, no, they're not. They're little humans are very difficult. They be very painful. And your job is to be the parent and to not abdicate that responsibility and to remain empathic and how can somebody like Lynn who's a million miles away from her feelings be empathic to another person's feelings understand the impact that the kind of chaos that she creates has on this young child no and then whoever it is she married who's driving her to her lesbian friend's house and uh, he's out in the car listening alright listen here's the deal you guys are together it's been five years good yeah good enough God bless you uh, stick with it uh, see if you can get a little insight and uh, pr- protect the kid, please. Yeah, I above do all not else. want to have to uh, take care of this kid. Okay, and we'll be back. Meanwhile, as the faceless evil closes in on the hapless sleeping populace across town in a shanty one-bedroom, an old woman feeds her parakeet. Come on, Chirpy, have some cheese. You love cheese. Since when are you afraid of cheese? Love line will be right back. Listen to who Sean and Larry King are interviewing. Martin Short has joined us. How are you? Jacqueline Lorita, one of the original cast members of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. John Voight. Yay! Hi, kids. Damon John, he's become a major television star on Shark Tank. Carl Reiner. I think I'm glad to be here. We'll find out at the end of the evening. Every Thursday, Sean and Larry King interview Hollywood royalty, reality stars, and new up-and-comers. Back and forth with Sean and Larry King. At PodcastOne.com. That's PodcastONE.com. How you doing? This is John Leguizamo, and you're listening to Who Else But Love Line with Adam Carolla, that nut, and Dr. Drew, that, that, that frisky fella. Hey! It's John Leguizamo. Play the big fat guy in Spawn. Drew, I'm sure you saw that. Yep. No. How'd the movie do? Um, I kind of heard it was bad, and then I heard it was good, and uh, I think it did all right. I'm not in any of this comic book crap. Never did understand all that crap. Grown men, for Christ's sake. I got uh, uh, the Silver Surfer, issue number four. You gotta turn the pages with tweezers. It's never been touched by a human hand. Oh, for Christ's sake. You're 42 years old. Give it a rest. Oh, hey, uh, and finally, um, they're gonna do, uh, they're gonna do a movie about uh, the Hulk. Or <laughs> some grown men getting like really excited. Grown men were really excited about the spawn thing. Finally, the spawn. Oh, it's brought to the theaters. Oh, please, comic books. I didn't look at that crap when I was ten. 
I'm not going to let my kid read any comic books. I'm in some kind of weird fantasy. Hmm. I don't like that. I give my kid a ball and tell him to go out and play. Hmm. I'm sitting home uh, looking at uh, pictures of uh, abnormally muscular guys uh, just kicking the crap out of gargoyles and stuff. This is going to rot their brain. What did you do? Look at a lot of comic books, Drew? Nope. Mm-mm. You got a problem I, I, with comic no, books? No, I could never understood them. I never got it. Yeah, never. To me, it's uh, the the comic comic books are right up there with the serious funnies in in the Sunday paper. Right. You know, Rex Morgan, MD. Yes. <laughs> Don't uh, this week, uh, Rex removed someone's pancreas. Oh, who cares? And listen, if you miss the very first issue, you're screwed, aren't you? What are you supposed to do? Just pick up on that? Right. What kind of people are reading this crap? All right. Anyway. I'm not into the comic books. I think it's a waste of time. Uh, children, teenagers, adults, all a big waste of time. Same people that play the fantasy football and collect the baseball cards. Get over it. All right. Leon. Yes. You're 16. Yep, I am. And I'd, I'd just like to say, you guys, uh, brilliant show. Um, Drew with your uh, fatherly wisdom and uh, Adam with your... Uh, Brotherly Zanius. Thank you. Yes. Brotherly Zanius. Yes. <laughs> it really sounds like we're uh, at some sort of, uh, um, that's like the name of a monk. <laughs> um, Brotherly Zanius, uh, you'll be making uh, candles with uh, Brother Waconius today? Or, or uh, jazz musician, uh, Zanius Monk. <laughs> Leon, what's going on? Uh, uh, All right. Um, well, yeah, you know, I'm just kind of getting a little depressed over like uh, I use I, I use like uh, marijuana as you know like a, an escape from this reality from, from my reality of, of life what's the problem well the problem is I mean jeez you were so jovial two minutes ago Drew you sorry. really brought him down sorry I'm just high um well I just I, I have a lot of family problems that are uh running concurrently right now. New ones? New ones, yeah. What's the problem? Well, my mostly my sister, my uh she has like a dis, uh, disability and um my parents are just going crazy over it. What's the problem she has? Uh she has one of these uh syndrome, you know, like uh, uh genetic genetic syndrome of what? Well, it's I don't know exactly myself. It hasn't manifest itself. Um, What's she do? It's what she doesn't do. All right. It's like, yeah. uh, speaking of comic books, it's like talking to the Riddler here. Listen, Leon, I'm not going to talk to you for another ten minutes to figure out that your okay. sister's either in a wheelchair or has to wear a hockey helmet around the house. Okay. Now, which is it? Okay, it's it's more of the wheelchair type. Okay. Okay. And my parents are just really going crazy over that. And Is this a new disability? New dis- You mean in, like, medical history or what? <laughs> no, it's been- uh, Leon, I need to I, I need to leave you alone with your thoughts for just one moment. In other words, is this something that has evolved and become symptomatic recently, or was she born with this the way she is now, and it's just becoming more of a problem now? We should be more clear with our questions, I guess. No? Okay, Leon, got that? Yes. All right. What is it? Okay. Well, from that, from that, uh, you know, the craziness that happens at home. Wait, wait. Answer the question. What 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 question was that? Oh boy. All right. Is is was she born with some disability yes. or is it 
has it recently evolved or become no. more symptomatic? No. It's just more difficult to care for now? Yes. And that's why your parents are going wild. Yes. Let me hold on a second, Leon. I know you're in a bad way, but I'd like to admonish my Loveline listeners for just one second. Understand that we ask our questions based on the way you phrase your problems. For instance, when you say that your sister has a disability and that lately your family has really been focusing on it. Now, the next logical question is, is is this something new that has cropped up? Has this disability grown worse uh, just recently? Because you just got done saying, my problem is that recently the family has focused a great deal of attention to my sister's disability. And we're trying to judge. You know, is then it- when we go back and question you on it, it turns out, um, no, she's had it since birth. And has it gotten any worse? No. And now we're nuts for asking the question. We ask our questions based on the way you phrase your questions and answers. We're, we're trying to figure out what you're dealing with. What's the reality around the feelings you're having right now? Is, is it you or is it something just you happened to your sister? You would think that her crisis? sister was stricken by something last week. Yes, that's what I would think. I mean, is it going to evolve and go away soon? What are we talking about here? Okay, it's just it's acclimated to this point, And it's just gotten really bad over the years. All right. That's basically what's right. happened. And your parents are stressed, and it's stressing you out. Yeah. All right. All right. And and you feel, you know, here's what your feelings are. You're torn somewhere between anger and guilt, because here you are angry at your parents and your sister for uh, the, her being the focus of the family's attention, and then guilty that she yeah. has this affliction. Guilty that he has those feelings about this affliction. So yeah. on. Right. Okay. That's very uh, normal. Very normal. Okay, uh, I, and and I'm surprised. I mean, I, I would think that the family would recognize this and 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 understand it and and you know, account for it in some way through counseling or something. Well, what, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's specifically going on with you? Um. Well, the ways I've been trying to deal with it is like uh, through marijuana. Yeah. And and also a little bit of counseling. Okay. The pot okay. doesn't work very well, does it? Uh, not much. I tell you, if you could talk out while you're at the counselors, I think that might have some impact. <laughs> yes. All right. So, what is your question for us? Well, I would I would like to learn how to stop using the drug in order to deal with my problems. Well, um, how often are you smoking pot? Uh, every uh, about three times per week. Is there anything else that you can do to get relief? Uh, yes, there is. What? Uh, just watching television like a vegetable. Well, that ain't, that's not relief. How about friends? Do you have friends or relationships you can rely upon? Well, yeah, I do. But it's it's really a, a shaky rely, reliability. Why is uh, that? Why is that? Well, because they don't really know about the, the afflictions that are at home. Why don't you tell them about it? Um... Because I don't really, I'm not really that close to them. Well, I, I, let me just hear a word of advice. That's a way that you can help manage these kinds of overwhelming feelings. F- find places you can go and connect with people, people you can trust and feel reciprocal, you know, feelings for that you can you can maybe help them sometimes when they yeah. need help. People you can rely. Yeah, you upon. need friends. You need friends. When things uh, are hell at home, you need friends. Th- That's this, one thing. This, I is, this is not the story of marijuana addiction. This is somebody depressed and overcome and anxious, and that ne- you need people, your peers, to uh, rely upon to deal with. And you got to open yourself up to them. Yeah. 
Linda. Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, Adam. Hey, Linda. You're 23. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I need some advice from you guys tonight. Um, uh, I won't go into detail about my background, but basically I come from a pretty traumatic, dysfunctional history. And I've been on my own completely, both emotionally and financially, since I was 14. Mm -hmm. And I've had relatively little to no contact with my father since that time. Is he the perpetrator of all this? Um, Not really. Actually, my mother, the severe abuse came from my mother, mostly emotionally and psychologically. My father was uh, ignorant and tolerant of the abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, My mother was also very sick. She was a severe diabetic, and she was bedridden for quite a few years. And he just denied all responsibility for her and required me to be basically her primary caretaker between the ages of 11 and 14. Mm. <clears throat> and my mother finally died when I was 14. At that point, my father officially moved out, you know, determined I was responsible enough to take care of myself and packed up the U-Haul and took off. And, um, uh, how does that work, where he just leaves you in a house? Yeah, he left me the apartment, left me the TV. Well, what were you doing for work? I was hostessing at a restaurant. Actually, I started waitressing. I had I had some uh, some money from a trust that got me through till I was sixteen. Incredible. And I started waitressing and. You stay in school? school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, I'm uh, applying to a PhD program. Oh my God! Oh, what a woman! Yeah, oh. baby. <laughs> wow. Well, the problem is though. Tonight, out of the blue, um, my father has called me up and he's informed me that he's coming to visit, and I don't know how to handle him. He wants something. Well, there is a little, <laughs> another detail. Uh, what does he want? Turns out he's been uh, diagnosed with diabetes. Yeah. Is that the most ironic thing you've ever heard? That's the disease my mother had. Good. That's Enjoy, Pop. <laughs> I want you to eat a big fat uh, Abba Zabba in front of him. <laughs> oh. I don't know what to do, though. I, uh, listen, I, I don't think he deserves anything. I agree. If what you're saying is, is accurate, uh, he does not deserve this. Mm-hmm. He. And in, in, in you don't need to relive it either. I know. I mean, uh, you've done quite nicely for yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Nobody ever says that anymore, but I like when people say that. <laughs> and um, and you don't need to relive this past. This guy's your biological father. That's about it. Right. And you know what? I I know uh, Drew has this whole thing about bond and family and blood and all that. Uh, I think sometimes you just got to write off people that screw you, screw you up, and you just start your own family. Well, when people are out, outlandish and egregious in their behavior, as this guy was. Was it? Was, 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 was about it though? He has no idea. Was he any kind of a father wrong. before that? What was that? Was he any kind of a father before that? <laughs> Somewhat. I mean, he was very. He was unavailable emotionally for the most part, but From, I do remember him being there occasionally. You hear the girl voice? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I have a girl voice. Yeah. Yeah. It means something. What does that mean? Well, no. Papa's gone. Well, you're traumatized. When you're yeah. Age, well, right? you know, relatively speaking, though, I, I think I'm. You're doing uh, remarkably well. Yes. Oh, yes, no, 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 no. You're fine. You're beautiful, be. baby. <laughs> Come on. No, you're, uh, you're way, way ahead of where you should be. Yeah. Although you should be in a woman's prison uh, doing, uh, like, uh, snuff films for the guards. All right. Um,. I would not welcome this guy back. I Screw him. He doesn't yeah. deserve it. Yeah. Uh, go find yourself a nurse and live with your disease, you bastard. Yeah. yeah. If what she's saying is true, keep he your does distance. not deserve this. Keep your distance. Keep your boundaries clear. And uh, don't let him invade. The voices are trying to throw me off while, they're tr- while I'm trying to concentrate on this. Okay, you're safe. Thank you. Loveline will be right back.
Hi everyone, this is David D. from Podcast One's viciously hilarious new show, Bossa Presents, Don't Be Scared, where me, Danny Canada, and Jaleezy tackle all the week's news with hilarious commentary like this. Then, we had a moment, and I told him that I wanted to have his big, strong NFL babies. Kate Upton. Kate Upton is fine. She looks, she's built like when they turned Senator Kelly into the mutant (laughs) in the first X-Men movie. All that and more every Wednesday here on Podcast One. Oh, I just belched up a ton of garlic through. Beautiful. Let's get out of here. All right, right now. Yeah, it's, it's a good plan. Wait a minute. I just want to talk to this poor bastard who's been on hold for a million years. Hey, Scott. Scott? Scott? Sleeping. You hear it? No. Okay. Um, Don't feel bad now. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, um, I'm going to uh, empower you with the strength of uh, 100 men. You'll feel uh, new and rejuvenated tomorrow, and um, you'll go on to great things. There. Done with my positive subliminal message for the evening. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Insane Clown Posse will be in here tomorrow to uh, plug their um, Knott's Berry Farm gig that's coming up. And until then, this is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions. That's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth and Nail Records. Sit, Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. <laughs> This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.